Welcome everybody to episode 17 of the number one listen to podcast in our house, Unchecked Baggage. Welcome. I'm sitting across from my very cranky and very voluptuous and sexy co-host, <laughs> Delina. I'm not cranky tonight. Huh. I was you were crank- cranky yesterday. I was cranky yesterday for sure. Okay. But not having any wine was going to catch up with you. <laughs> I'm doing okay tonight. I um, started a, a new diet. You started it? I started a new diet regimen, and I have been one cranky person this week. Cranky, cranky, cranky. I think I'm. I'm. I think I, I rounded a corner today, so I feel much better. Like a Model T. Huh? Model T. It had the crank thing in the front. You had to crank <laughs> that thing to get it started. Yeah. When I was a kid, that's when the first car I learned how to drive and was a Model T. <laughs> All right. So today's episode it will be about power dynamics in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about what that is, if it's good or bad, and how to recognize if you are in one. Also, what if you're you can, in, if you're in a power dynamic, yeah, if you have if you're in a relationship with unbalanced power. Oh, unbalanced, got yeah. it. Right, you know. Yeah, I got okay. it. Like, I was are just you, clarifying. Are you United States or are you Canada? One of those <laughs> countries is more powerful than the other. You have to recognize which one it is. I was just trying to clarify for the listeners because the word unbalanced never came out of your mouth. It didn't, did it? No. Nope. <laughs> okay, because I didn't write it down. That's why. Okay, also, um, what you can do to change the dynamic yes. if you're in one. Okay? But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. You know, I've been so busy lately that I haven't even had time to keep up with all the latest world events and stuff like that. Why have you been so busy? And we do a podcast. I don't even know what's going on in the world. Yeah, that's true. You are out of the loop. I've just been working a lot and I have to do stuff around the house and I don't have time to sit in front of the TV or be on my laptop all the time. Well, lucky for you, there's an app for that. Really? There's an app for everything. (laughs) There is. It's called Newsly. Newsly. Yeah. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. I wonder how many voices they used before they decided to do a human voice. I don't know. What do you think the other options were? Maybe Goatman. <laughs> Sasquatch. Well, for the first time in, in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling. Start listening. And they have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 40 countries. Our podcast, Unchecked Baggage, is there too. Yes. So download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly, that's N-E-W-S-L-Y dot M-E, or from the link in the description, and use promo code BAGGAGE that would also put <laughs> that I'll also put in the description and receive a one month free premium subscription. But it's free just to have it. Yeah. 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 The paid yeah. subscription that you pick certain stories you want. Yeah. The app is free. Uh, but if you want the premium, then I think it doesn't have ads and stuff like right. that and you get some more features, but I've used the free version and I really like it. It's mm-hmm. nice. I like the English lady's voice. That's not surprising to me. <laughs> so download the app. Thanks, everybody. Oh, okay. Welcome back. <laughs> I just paused like we were listening to our sponsor. So anyway, welcome back. All right. So let's talk about the the definition of of power in a relationship. 
Uh, I also got this from councillongmelbourne.com. In essence, power is the ability of one person to exert control and influence within a relationship or group. Power means taking charge, fixing issues, getting things done, and offering an empathetic ear or a shoulder to cry on when the other person is in a vulnerable spot. What do you think? Oh, that sounds good. I mean, power does mean all of those things, I think. All right. So what is power imbalance? So as the name suggests, power imbalance refers to the unequal distribution of control of power between partners, like I said earlier. So not all relationships are founded on balance and equality. In fact, power imbalance might be the binding agent that brings two people together. Okay. Okay. For example, the relationship between a narcissistic partner and a dependent one can often feel like match made in heaven. While the narcissist enjoys holding power and control, his or her dependent partner would gladly give them up in exchange for the comfort of not having to make decisions and take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Just like my first marriage. Oh. I had all the power and they didn't give a shit because they didn't have to do anything. But even though power imbalance might keep them together, it does not necessarily mean their relationship is healthy. There are cases where the power might start out even, but some event like cheating or loss of job might change that. Yep. So you might be even, one person cheats, and that person loses all the power because the other person doesn't trust them. Yeah, I think power is, uh, and we'll probably get into this later, but I think power is one of those things that um, kind of goes up and down and changes over time. It's not, I think, a steady I like going up and down. Thing. <laughs> Stairs. All right. And I found an article from bustle.com. Hey, called, not brides.com? No, not brides.com. Okay, I don't think, I don't think any of my research this time came from <laughs> brides.com, believe it or not. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> this one is called, if your partner does these seven things early on, you may have power struggles in your relationship. So this is like at the beginning of your relationship. If, if you see any of these things, it might be an indicator uh, that you may end up having power struggles. Um, and, and like Rob said, a power imbalance isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but power struggles, um, if it, if it's too much, that can be a bad thing. So number one, it says your partner has a strong personality that's similar to yours. Oh, hold on. Rob's phone is, is ringing. (laughs) Okay. Number one, your partner has a strong personality that's similar to yours. So if you have two people that are too much alike, I guess. They butt heads. Yeah. yeah you could definitely I can, butt I can heads. see that. Number two, your partner often can't see your point of view. Um, that can be very frustrating mm-hmm. for sure. Number three, your partner doesn't know how to compromise. Mm, that sounds like you. It does not. <laughs> it sounds like you. I compromise all the time. That's true. You do. I mean. On most things. Number four, your partner doesn't take the time to listen. Mm. That but sounds like that, you. I was just about to say it, yes, <laughs> but I have been working on my listening skills. Like I take tests at work about being a better listener, mm-hmm. but then I get tired of listening. So I stop taking the tests because it's talking. I think you might need to be medicated. Probably. Number five, they take the lead in everything. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number six, they hold grudges. And I have a quote for this one because I thought it was really good. This one says, if your partner is the type to hold a grudge, you're likely going to have power struggles in your relationship. Anyone that withholds is aiming to gain power through controlling the nature of the argument, Birch says. 
They might be waiting for you to say sorry first or for you to give them their way. If this happens in your relationship, call them out on their behavior directly. Let them know that you need to figure out a resolution to the problem so you can let it go. It's okay to sleep on it if you're butting your heads up against the wall, Birch says. It's not okay for your partner to ignore you for five days until you break. The latter is obviously not great for long-term relationship success. (laughs) I hold grudges a lot. I know, and that's why I put that quote in there. Um, But not. (laughs) I don't really hold grudges with you as much as I hold grudges with other people. I think that's part of being Italian. Oh, you do. You hold grudges with me, but I don't bring it up. I don't bring up. Past, I don't bring up past stuff. You don't bring up arguments. past stuff, but you just you hang on to it for several days, and then it goes. And then it's, once it leaves me, but that's it's gone. what this was talking about. It's yeah. not okay for your partner to ignore you for five days then, until you break. But I'm a very passionate person. That's, that's true. Number seven, they're passionate and stubborn. <laughs> I don't. I'm a, I don't think I'm as stubborn as I am passionate. Mm. Agree to disagree. The quote for this one, it says at the end of the article. Oh, that's, this isn't a quote. (laughs) This is my writing. So at the end of the article, it says that, um, that some relationships have power struggles, but it's important that one person doesn't just steamroll over the other constantly. That means the other person has to stand up for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it needs to be a give and take on, on power. Um, and, and if you do have one person that's just constantly steamrolling over the other person, unless that person just doesn't have any sort of a spine, then you're definitely going to have some power struggles. Mm-hmm. Then I also found an article from psychologytoday.com called Four Truths About Power in Relationships, Including Yours. And it says um, that there are four truths. Number one is <laughs> power differs across relationship domains. Do you know what that means, babe? Domain, that's like a website. That, that's not what this means. Oh. So there are different types of um, relationship domains. So there are like how couples spend their time together, how they demonstrate affection, how much time they spend together, um, managing interactions with family and friends, making future plans about careers or moving, religion or value decisions, finances and household tasks. And then for couples with children, child rearing was another important decision domain. Mm -hmm. So there's all these different areas of your life in which one or the other of you could um, have more power. And usually in in a good relationship, you know, different, um, you know, like you take power in some areas and I take more power in other areas. Um, that's, that's usually, um, a good balance. Right. I agree with that. All right. So number two, the second truth about power in relationships, power includes the decision process. On what? Everything? I guess so. Making uh, decisions. I don't have any of that. So I should I have know. made a note on this. One. I don't know. What, I don't make any decisions. So I don't even know what that that is. That's not even true. <laughs> Number three, power reflects interdependence. And I've got a quote, uh, quote, it's not enough to focus on one person's dispositional tendency towards influencing, influencing or being deferential. A complete understanding of power in a relationship requires a study of each person's power within the context of the other person's power. How you view your own power and your partner's power may affect your partner's perceptions of power. 
I had to do the quote on that one because I just I couldn't even I couldn't even do a synopsis on that. You lost me at it's not enough to. <laughs> it just it's interdependence. So, like, <laughs> it feels like what's that movie Inception? That's that's what this seems like to me because it says a complete understanding of power in a relationship requires a study of each person's power within the context of the other person's power. Yeah. That, that's, that's, too, that's really big brain stuff. Yeah. All right. Number four, resisting influence is a type of power. And it says, quote, we tend to think of power as persuasion, but that's not the only type of power. The ability to resist your partner's ideas, counter their suggestions, or veto their decisions is also an important type of relationship power. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's it's not just you, like, taking control and making things happen. Um, but sometimes if you have a partner that that is taking control, you can always, like, you know, argue the point. You know, say, no, I don't want to do it this way. Um, that's also a type of power. But then it power. turns into when you do that. If the person with all the power gets their way still, what did you really accomplish? You just had an argument and the person still got their way. Well, hopefully you've gotten to the point where, I mean, hopefully it's, I guess the goal is to get to the point where it's not an argument. It can be a healthy discussion. That's true. And then, I mean, and and if you have a, a healthy power dynamic, then you're, you know, I mean, your discussions, you know, sometimes one person, you know, you'll go one person's way and some other times you'll go the other person's way. That's what you would hope. Yes. Yes. You would. So since you've been married before, mm-hmm. so how was your, the power thing in your other six marriages? <laughs> in my other two marriages? Oh, two. Sorry. I'm, that, two it's only marriages, two? Oh, yes. Okay. Only, uh, only two others. I misspoke. Um... You know what? I didn't really put any thought into this before we recorded this episode. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. Um, I know it's, I know it's in the notes. <laughs> Rob's holding up his phone at me like it's right here. Maybe we should have done a, re- a run through. Uh, prob- just look, just do a quick one. Uh, no, I mean, I, so in my first marriage, I feel like, um, I feel like I did not have a lot of power. Um, even though I've always been a very like st- strong-willed person. So why? Why do you think you didn't have a lot of power? Was it money or is it Uh I I mean I think it was but I mean really if I look back at it it was because I was with somebody that was very um mentally unhealthy and I was trying to have a healthy relationship because I was very young and I'm like, okay, this is what you do in a healthy relationship. You know, you, you don't argue, you know, don't, don't argue about things, just let it go. And, you know, like, so I just kind of like let myself get steamrolled over in a lot of ways because I was trying to have that quote, happy relationship that I, I, in a way that I thought that it needed to be. When you say mentally unhealthy, he was mentally unhealthy or he was mentally unhealthy with towards you with like, Mentally abusive. Both. And, okay. Both. So you just didn't feel like, you just like, okay, whatever. This is just do whatever so that. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep the peace and make things happy. Um, and then in my second marriage, um, I think I was really starting to like come into my own and he was very stubborn. Um, and I was getting that way. I was, you know, I, I was like, you know, I already had a crappy marriage. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the same thing I did last time. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
and then eventually I divorced him because it so, just wasn't good. So the second time since you learned that you should stand up for yourself, mm-hmm. okay, did that turn into more fighting yeah. and arguments? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We argued a lot. Okay. So in mine, I was only married once for a long time, but we long, first- Long, long. 28 years. Long time. Yeah, probably longer than a lot of you or have even been alive. So- <laughs> So when we first got married, our power was probably equal because we didn't really have much. We didn't have hardly any bills or anything. And then we had a kid. And then as uh, things started going on with the kids, um, since I really made more money, things started, more stuff started coming to me. I was a more responsible one as far as paying bills and stuff. And as we had more kids, more power came to me. And as we were married longer, more power came to me. And probably the last... I don't know, 10 or 12 years, it was 100% whatever I said went. Not like in a militant way, but it would be like, okay, we can't go here because we don't have the money to pay for it. Or or she would say, I want to go shopping. I was like, we can't go shopping because I have to do this or do this. We can't go here. We can't do that. We can't live in this one spot. We got to move here and this like that. So all the bills. Sounds like you were just saying no all the time. Yeah, because I had all the, I had all the money. She wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So she didn't know what we had to pay. Yeah. So that was a, and, and, and just so you guys know, I mean, like Rob, they were like really poor. So it's not like he was just saying no because he was mean. It was, it was just like they like couldn't afford anything. Yeah. So poor like, that, like they were homeless for a while. So poor that at times I had to sell blood to, to get food on the table. Yeah. So it came to a point where if I'm going to be all that stressed out about it, then I need to make sure that the money goes where it needs to go. So a lot of times it turned into, no, you can't have that. No, you can't have that. No, you can't have this. We can't do that. Whatever. Because she wouldn't work. Sounds And terrible. I mean, and it, and the power was so dynamic in my favor that she was basically stuck in a relationship. She probably wasn't happy in because she didn't have anywhere else to go. She didn't have a job. She didn't have any money, anything like that. I mean, I wasn't mm-hmm. physically or mentally abusive. It was just like, it was, it was just the stress of, being so poor and having to be in charge of everything finally just wore. I mean, that's when I decided to get out. So yeah. sometimes having too much power can be a bad thing. Yeah. I feel like, um, we're more balanced. I know you think that I have all the power, yeah, that's 90% what you say, of the power, but I feel like we're really more balanced. Cause I mean, if you go back to those, um, different domains, like there's a lot of the, those things that you take care of. It's not always just the tiebreaker. And our arguments is what you want. I do that. Mm-hmm. Like I might not really want to do it, but then I was just like, huh, she has a nice rack. So let's do that. <laughs> Whatever. So, but I've learned though to when to give in. All right. So after that, let's do a fun fact. Okay. Fun okay. fact. Fun fact. Power balances are investigated in a sample of 413 heterosexual dating individuals. Okay. 86% white, 9.7% black, 4.3% other ethnicities. Ethnicities. I said that. That's what I said. No. Okay. Less than half the respondents perceive their relationships to be equal in the distribution of power and men are over twice as likely as women to be viewed as the partners having more power. Hmm. That's your experience? Yes. Uh, until this marriage, yes. Yeah. Imbalances are also evident in three related measures, decision-making, emotional involvement, and equity. A higher, <clears throat> a higher proportion of both men 
and women say that the male partner rather than the female partner made more of the decisions, was less emotionally involved, and in general was getting a better deal. Hmm. Finally, male dominance, but not equality of power between the genders, is associated with greater romantic relationship longevity. More specifically, the higher the relative degree of power attributed by respondents to the male rather than the female partner of a dyad, the lower is the subsequent rate of relationship dissolution. So basically, every episode where we've done research on who is going to divorce and who's not, like, the cards are really stacked against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, we are going to get divorced. Probably, yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. We are not getting divorced. This is it. Yeah, check with me till I die, which might be soon. No, don't According say to that. my doctors. Do not say that. Okay, so how do you know if you have no power? Okay. How do you know? Yeah, because you might not realize you don't even have power. So here's a f- couple examples. Okay, you sometimes feel alone when you are with your partner. Aw. Right, so I guess you don't have conversations. Mm-hmm. You feel intimidated physically and emotionally, mm-hmm. like you did in the first marriage. Yeah. You second guess yourself constantly. Like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, or why did I say that, or I shouldn't have wore this shirt, stuff like that. Yeah, it sounds okay. like a lot of anxiety. You feel like you're walking on eggshells whenever you talk to your partner. Mm. Yeah, I've felt that before for sure. Your mood depends on theirs. So whatever kind of mood they're in, is what kind of mood you're in. Mm-hmm. You measure your self-worth based on how they see you. So, hey, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. Don't wear those pants. Don't wear those pants, they're too tight, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you don't say anything, then you start feeling that way. Yeah. You feel pressure to reply to their text ASAP. Hey, I texted you 10 seconds ago. Why didn't you reply back? Are you cheating on me? That's what it turns into. Okay, mm-hmm. That's how they keep power. In the bedroom, your needs always come last. So if your partner is a power one, male or female, they're going to get theirs first. And if you get yours, you get yours. If not, too bad for you. Okay, I got mine. You get yours. I think that was a Richard Pryor joke. What's that? Oh. Yeah, something about having sex. She's like, I didn't come yet. And he's like, I got mine. You get yours. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I also found these seven things on purewild.com. One, their actions leave you feeling isolated and alone, which we talked about that just now. So, mm-hmm. so does your husband reject all plans with other couples? Does your wife make fun of you when you call your mom for advice? Example would be if your partner always finds excuses not to go with you to your family events. Okay. So, oh, so yeah. they want to, yeah, that's, that, that is true. That's a big power thing. They keep you, know, you separated. If, yeah. Keep, keep you away from your family and that, that will keep them in control of you. Okay. Another thing is they don't respect your privacy. So they're always going through your personal things like your emails, your text messages, social media accounts. They want your passwords. So that's a sign that the dynamic is also off. Mm-hmm. So they want to control everything. Let me see your phone. Let me, what's your password? Who are you talking to? What are you doing on your phone right now? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. They don't care about your interest. So one of the biggest signs of a healthy power dynamic is when you both have separate hobbies or interests. Example would be, let's say you take some kind of lessons together and your partner has no interest. Or if uh, they are constantly berating you about going to these classes, about missing. So basically you take a cooking class and I don't take a class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're always going to cooking class. And I'm saying, why are you always going to cooking class? You're not spending time with me. Yeah. And then after a while of me nagging about you going to cooking class, you stop. Right. Because you don't want me to keep nagging at you when you come home. It's not worth it anymore. So that's another way to keep, that you can keep control. Yeah. 
I've experienced stuff like that before. Like if you want to go out for happy hour with the girls or something and, and they'll be like upset about it. They won't say that they're upset about it, but they act upset about it. And I'm not talking about you at all. They were, I get to go to happy hour, (laughs) hours all the time. Okay. The the next one is they rely on shaming as a tool for change, which I said that earlier. Mm -hmm. So it could be the way you dress, could be when you talk funny, you say words wrong, or if you ask a question that is obvious to some people and they say, that's a stupid question, don't ask me stupid questions like that, don't you know anything, that kind of stuff, okay? Yeah. It's the little things like that, like, why are you wearing your hair like that? It doesn't say it looks good or bad, it's just like, why are you wearing your hair like Why are you wearing that shirt? How can you eat like that? Mm-hmm. You know, how can you always eat it all the time, that kind of thing? Yeah, if you can keep the person really insecure, then they mm-hmm. never... They'll never leave you because they'll never feel secure enough. Okay. The next one is they regularly threaten to end the relationship as a way to stop certain behaviors. Mm -hmm. So maybe you have to work late nights or you're frustrated that your spouse always prioritizes going out with friends. If the fix is to issue is to issue the, I'm going to break up with you or divorce you. Um, you're dangling the outcome of your relationship as punishment. That's a sign of power dynamic is off too. Mm -hmm. If you don't stop going with your friends, I'm going to leave you. And if I leave you, you won't have anybody to talk. You won't have anything because I'll take everything with me because yeah. I have all the money and I have all the power. Okay. They shift focus on a problem to focus on their hurt feelings. So an example would be if your partner says, why do you let the kids play in the front yard? If you start with, why don't you ever trust me watching the kids instead of dealing with the kids being outside? So like the kids are playing in the front yard. I'm inside. You come home and say, why are the kids playing in the front yard? If I constantly say, why don't you trust me watching the kids? Instead of saying, you're right, I probably should have kept an eye on them better. Next time I'll do a better job. Mm-hmm. So you're not just deflecting it to stay, stop picking on me. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, um, sorry. I, it took me a minute to wrap my brain around what you were talking about. Okay. So they shift the focus off of the problem. Right. So the problem is the kids playing. Yeah. Just how, how they feel. So the problem would be the kids playing out front mm-hmm. and you're inside, not really keeping an eye on them. The yeah. wife comes home, the husband comes home and say, why are the kids playing out front? And you're like, I'm their father or their mother. I can watch them. And why don't you ever trust me? Watch them, blah, blah, blah. Instead of saying, oh yeah, you're right. I probably shouldn't next time. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. The last thing is they refuse to discuss or avoid matters that are important to you. You're desperate to create a budget. They keep put, they keep putting it down the line or flat out saying it's not a priority. So an unnecessary avoidance of or unwillingness to have conversations around things that matter or more red flags about power imbalances in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You want to do something or talk about something. And I keep saying, Oh, let's do it later. Oh, why do you keep doing the budget? I want to have sex, do the budget later. Or why are you doing that? Let's go out to eat. Let's go do this. Yes. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. Yep. And I found an article from bigthink.com, Another one that's not brides.com. Yeah, that's awesome. This one is called The Signs of Unhealthy Power Dynamics in a Relationship and How to Even Them Out. So now we're going to talk about what can you do? Well, actually, no, sorry. I only focused on the first part in, in my quotes here. So uh, we'll talk later about what you can do. Um, it says, quote, power can be defined as the ability or capacity to direct or influence the behavior of others in a particular way. Power is not limited to domination and submission. Instead, power in relationships is understood to be the respective abilities of each person in the relationship to influence each other and direct the relationship. And this is a very complex element of romantic partnerships. Hmm. I just thought that was good a good definition. Yeah. Um, 
And it says that three, that there are basically three negative relationship dynamics that cause marriages to end in divorce. What are they? Those three things are number one, demand slash withdrawal. Number two, and we'll go into these in more detail. Number two, distancer slash pursuer. And number three, fear slash shame. So the things that can definitely lead to divorce. Um, the first one is demand slash withdrawal. And what that is, is that's when one partner is the demander. So they're like always trying to discuss things and change things in the relationship. And then the other partner is the withdrawer and they're always trying to avoid conflict. And this dynamic, it's been linked to depression and it's a big predictor of marriage trouble. Depression by the, which one? Both Um, or by the the demander? Probably both. Um, it says women tend to more oftentimes be the demander and men tend to be the withdrawer. Yeah, because women talk more than men. Men don't like talking. Most men don't like talking about anything. They want to avoid. Yeah. Men are They want to watch TV, scratch their balls, and have sex. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Basically, and eat a sandwich. And, yeah, and if you have a man like that and you're not happy with it and you're always trying to get him to change, well, that's a problem. Probably not going to change. Um, then there's also number two, which was the distancer slash pursuer. So in this, in this dynamic, uh, the pursuer tries to maintain a certain level of intimacy in the relationship and the distancer feels smothered and is always trying to create distance. Um, struggle in this, in this one, struggle is about a deeper connection and not a power struggle. So is this about sex? Um, I think it's. About, I, I read it like one person wants to have sex more than the other person doesn't want to. I, I think for sure. I mean, sex is a part of it, but I think it can also mean emotional intimacy as well. Uh, emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number three, fear slash shame. And uh, this is a quote. Uh, the fear shame dynamic is often an unconscious culprit of relationship troubles as the fear and insecurity of one partner would bring out the shame and avoidance in the other and vice versa. So like, are you reading it? So if one person is afraid of elevators, I don't, is, is is it, is it fear relationship fears, like afraid of being cheated on? So they always bring up cheating and the other person then starts thinking the other person is cheating. Is that what it means? I think these are going to be, I I mean, cheating just would be one example, but yeah, I mean, fear of something like some deep rooted fear within you. So yeah, like fear that someone's going to cheat on you. Yeah. They're going to cheat on you. They're, they're going to leave on or they're going to leave you or, or any other thing. I mean, there could be tons of things that you're, you're fearful of. And then shame too. I mean, you may have some shame, like some baggage that you brought into the relationship. And then uh, those can kind of feed off of each other when one of you has one and the other has the other. So it says uh, that this one is really hard to get out um, or get out of because there are so many different factors that can cause it. Mm-hmm. You really need some counseling if you got this one going on, right. going on in your relationship. Okay, so what what can you do to balance the power out if you don't have the power? Okay, I don't know because I, I didn't read the rest of that article. I just used the first part. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's the next section. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying oh. though. And that, that one article that I just uh, quoted from, it, it 
The second part of the article d- discusses that, but I didn't read it. So I have a couple of things. So here are a couple of things I found in an article from psychology.com. You were just on psychology.com too. <laughs> so when you head out to eat and your partner asks, what are you in the mood for? Do you reply, I don't know. What are you in the mood for? Or do you say whatever you want? What do you do? If I asked you what you wanted to go eat, what do you say? Um, I mean, it depends half and half. I mean, sometimes I'll tell you exactly where I want to go eat or I'll tell you what kind of food I want. Um, and then sometimes I don't care. I'm really not in the mood for anything in particular. So here's a low key way to give up power. If I say, or your partner says, Hey, we want to eat. And you say, I don't care. Whatever you want. That person picks the place to eat. Right. Mm-hmm. So technically in a low key way, you're giving up power to that person to pick what you eat. So what you should say, instead of saying, I don't know what you want, you should say, I don't really care, but I don't want Mexican food or I don't want Chinese food. So then that person will pick something different. So you don't have to say what you want. You can just say what you don't want. So that way you have still have a little bit of power in the, in the thing. Hmm. Okay. You might not really know what you want. You might just know what you don't, you're not in the mood for. Okay. I'll keep that in mind next time. Yeah, keep that in mind. But, uh, I mean, most of the time, if I tell you to go pick something, it's because I really, truly don't care and I'll eat anything. Okay. That's a lot of pressure on a person to pick food for you. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So another one is, are you someone who always follows other people when you're out? And I mean, literally they cross the street, you cross the street. They turn right in the mall, you turn right in the mall. They walk into the restaurant and pick a table, you follow. Time to stop. Okay. Next time you're out, take the lead, walk into a restaurant Steer the determination toward a table and take a seat. Are you continually giving into things you don't really want to do? Don't waste your time. Figure out yourself what you want to do. Next time your partner tries to convince you to do something you don't want to do, tell them, I just don't want to do that. Convey what you want to do instead. Okay, you're not obligated to give your partner, give into your partner just because that person is your partner or because they made a suggestion first. So let's go, I want to go bowling. You can say, I don't want to go bowling. I'd rather go see a movie. And I say, well, I want to go bowling. And he'll say, no, I want to go to a movie. And they'll say, okay, how about we go to a movie this time and the next time we go bowling? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, that example that you gave, I feel like I'm kind of the opposite of that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't usually follow people. I actually sometimes consciously will make myself like slow down and. You don't follow like, people. But you always tell me I walk too fast. Well, you do walk too so fast. I'm not, fast, fa- I'm not, I'm, but I'm not like following te- you around. Technically, I'm in front of you, so you might be subconsciously thinking, I don't want to be considered uh, less than. So I want him to walk beside of me. But I like walking behind you usually. But you walk so slow, it's hard for me. Sometimes it's painfully hard. <laughs> it's painfully hard. I mean, you have no idea how hard it is to walk that slow. Like I physically. <laughs> I'm in pain. Like, I feel like I'm going to fall down and trip on myself. I don't walk that slow. You make me walk like the Tim Conway character in Carol Burnett, whose feet move really fast. <laughs> this is going to where, like, you know who I'm talking about? The old man? That's no. what I feel like. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes. Tim. Okay. You, you don't have to, get to tell me your old person reference. It's, it's not an old person reference. It's not? Everybody, no, it's Tim Conway's old man walk. It's all over the internet. His legs, his legs move really fast and he hardly ever moves and then he falls down. Everything's in slow motion. That's anyway, what it feels like walking behind you. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. So the next one is, does your significant other have a temper and it feels, and feels it's their right to take it out on you? Or do you quietly listen to them venting because isn't that really a big deal? Guess what? It is. If you don't like the person's tone, volume, 
Just tell them to stop yelling, venting, complaining, and blaming you. They don't stop, get up, and leave the room. Like, there's only so much you can take. Like, you might not have the power and think you have to listen to that, but you don't. Yeah, yeah, you you do not have to listen to that. Just leave. I also found an article from bigthink.com called... um, Oh, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I didn't write that part down. Um, but it says that shared power is the ideal. And this is where both partners in the relationship are responsible for themselves and the happiness of the relationship. So that's the perfect balance. And it says that the key elements that produce a healthy balance of power in a relationship are, and I'll go through these kind of quickly. Um, first, attention. When both partners feel their emotional needs are being met. Influence. When both partners have the ability to engage with and emotionally affect the other. Accommodation. While there may be times where one partner's needs must be put before the others. like in, in What? My needs. <laughs> always, Rob. Always. Um, like in a time of tragedy, for example. Uh, most decisions are made jointly. Um, respect. When each partner has positive regard, respect, and admiration for the humanity of the other person. Selfhood, when each partner maintains a positive value of self and is able to be their own person, both within and outside of the relationship. That's important. That's a very important one. Yes. Um, and vulnerability, each partner is willing to admit fault, weakness, or uncertainties in themselves. I think that one's really important. And that's one thing that I really love about you. So you're not afraid to be vulnerable, but I don't ever admit fault because I'm never at fault. Yes. You, you do. have to be at fault to admit that you're at fault. Oh, shut up. Also, the last one is fairness. When both partners feel the res- that the responsibilities and duties in their lives are divided in a way that supports each person. Yeah, I agree with that. So really, I guess the the big thing is that the important thing is to consistently reassess the balance of power to make sure that things are staying in a good place. Right. So to summarize, um, it's not really that bad. Being in a power relationship, you don't have the power is not necessarily a bad thing. If both parties are okay with the dynamic of the relationship. Maybe you don't want to have the power and the other person wants the power as long as you're happy in the relationship and the other person's happy and everything is good. There's no mental or physical abuse in order for that person to have power. Then everything should be fine. Yes. But if you don't have the power and you want it, hopefully some of the stuff we talked about in this episode could help you gain some of the power back. And also maybe some of the stuff we talked about, you've realized that you don't have as much power as you think you have by in the fact of whenever the, he or she wants to go to dinner and you say, I don't care and you let them pick. Mm-hmm. Now you can just say, you can just say, I don't want this. So you don't eat something you don't want just because you can't tell the person that you want to go to a certain place. Yeah. And if you've been listening to this and you realize that you're the person that tends to steamroll over your partner, then take note and try to make some modifications so that you don't make them miserable. Yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> right. So on that note, listen with a joke. So I usually do a joke about whatever the episode's about, but I, I couldn't find any on power in relationships because all I kept getting was actual power, like not having power, like the Texas storm. So I'm just going to do a joke about 
marriage. So they say when you get married, you actually get three rings, the engagement ring, the wedding ring, and the suffering. Thank you. Good night. I'll be here all week. I'm not even going to laugh at that one. It's funny. You're laughing on the inside. I can see it because your boobs are jiggling. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to us. For relationship advice or to tell us how great we are, please email us at unchecked.af at gmail.com. We can also be found at unchecked.baggage.co on Facebook by searching at unchecked.af. Our Twitter handle is at unchecked.baggA1 or search unchecked.af on Instagram. And we're now on TikTok. TikTok. You can search for unchecked baggage one word. Thank you to Jessica at, it's not unchecked baggage one word. It's one word, just unchecked baggage with no space between it. Thank you to Jessica at jessiebcreative.com for our awesome cover art. I am totally confused right now about our TikTok name. <laughs> and thanks to everyone for listening to Unchecked Baggage. Good night. Good night.